Penn State destroys the Auburn Tigers 41-12. And coming up on today's Locked On Nittany Lions, we recap it all plus explain why this was more than just your average win. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Zach Seiko, Penn State 41, Auburn 12 from Saturday. It was a really good game. And if you watched it, and if you're a Nittany Lion fan, you enjoyed every second of it. Penn State improving to 3-0 on the season overall. 1-0 in conference, Auburn falling to 2-1. No games in the SEC, but that's all right. We're not too worried about it. But Penn State looks really good for the second season in a row. They begin the year 3-0. They look dominant from start to finish. And I can honestly say that, yeah, the first half was close. It was 14-6. to but Penn State exploded in the second half 27-6 to to win that game 41-12. to The biggest thing, and James Franklin said this in his post-game press conference, that Penn State held Auburn without a touchdown until late in the game. It took a change at quarterback. It took basically the Tigers trying everything before finally cracking the end zone because they got turned away quite a bit. And that's a testament to the Penn State defense. This Penn State defense forced four takeaways, two interceptions and two forced fumbles, six sacks, and 11 tackles for loss. Yeah, that Penn State defense did that. The one that gave up 31 points to Purdue, well, 24 technically. There was the pick six from Sean Clifford, and we'll get to Clifford's play in the Auburn game in just a moment. Four takeaways, six sacks, and 11 tackles for loss a team that allowed 24 against Purdue, did a good job against Ohio, but there weren't, there weren't any takeaways in those two games. They were struggling to get sacks. They were struggling to get pressure, and then it all came out at once. They were just in the backfield. They were chasing down that speedy quarterback, Robbie Ashford. He's fast. He is fast. And they were able to wrestle down big six foot seven TJ Finley. Honestly, and I agree with Coach Franklin on this, they should have had more sacks. But because Ashford's so fast and Finley is just so dang big, it was tough to bring those guys down. Here are some notable stats from the game. Sean Clifford, the starting quarterback, was 14 of 19, 178 passing yards, 15 on the ground, and one rushing touchdown. Not a great game in terms of flashiness in the stats, but a solid game. Another game with... No turnovers by the Penn State offense. You have the lone pick six. That's the only blemish on the season for this Penn State offense. Mike Yersich, Sean Clifford, and the rest of them. You haven't seen any fumbles, which is really key. But this Penn State offense has not put the ball in the hands of the opposing defense. And what can you say about Nicholas Singleton, the freshman running back? 10 carries, 124 yards, And two rushing touchdowns, and he had the big 54-yarder. He is fast. He gets around the corner, he's gone. Nicholas Singleton is averaging 11.1 yards per carry, when you think about it, between the three games. That is insane to think about. He has 30 carries over 330 yards and four rushing touchdowns through three games, and he's a true freshman. Gatorade Player of the Year, Pennsylvania Football Player of the Year last year out of high school as a senior at Governor Mifflin. 
and Nicholas Singleton is just stealing the show. The complimentary back, Catron Allen. And right now, Allen is the number two because Singleton is hitting all the home runs here. He's pulling base, a baseball reference for, for football. Catron Allen had nine carries, 52 yards, and two rushing touchdowns himself. That's a good complimentary game. And, the, and they were even carries. It was 10 to 9. Allen is so much better, I would say, in short yardage situations where Singleton is is great at getting the big play, when you need three, four yards guaranteed, you got to go to Catron Allen. Catron Allen, great vision. It was inside the, the five-yard line when he ended up scoring that one touchdown. And Allen, the play was designed to go to the right. Allen, I have no idea how he sees this out of the corner of his eye. Cut completely back to the left. Shows his footwork. Cuts all the way back to the left. Walks right in for the touchdown. These two running backs need national recognition now as a dynamic duo. Everybody told me, oh, Auburn's got this great running back dynamic duo. Yeah, they do. Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter are good. They're good. But Singleton and Allen got to start getting some credit. Just because they're 18, just because they're true freshmen, it's very refreshing to have that back. It, it, it reminds me of... Vintage Noah Kane, who's now at LSU, but when he was a true freshman, he looked really good before the knee injury and Journey Brown before the medical condition that forced him to retire. Speaking of which, the last Penn State running back to rush for 100 yards in back-to-back games, that was Journey Brown in 2019. It has been three years, and Singleton did that, putting up 150-plus against Ohio and now 124 against Auburn. First time in three years that a running back has had back-to-back 100-yard rushing games. On defense, to go along with, like I said, those six sacks and 11 tackles for loss. Jair Brown led the way, four tackles, had an interception, had a forced fumble. Zaki Wheatley, the turnover king, trademark that, turnover king throughout the offseason. One interception, so he's forced to fumble against Purdue, which was a big game changer because that forced fumble turned into a touchdown by Brenton Strange before the end of the first half, and that touchdown, you take that away, Penn State doesn't win that game against Purdue. Zachy Wheatley, a good rotational guy in the secondary, comes up with a big interception. Immediately, the players of the game, Jair Brown, Nicholas Singleton, the Penn State offensive line, dominated from start to finish in this game. It was all, Auburn's got the better offensive line. They're physical. They're mean. They're nasty. They're good in the trenches. They're athletic. There's no way that Penn State's offensive line and defensive line could compare, and they they rose up to the occasion. They saw that. They heard all of that, and they were just mean. Olu Fashanu looks great, has not allowed a quarterback pressure against Sean Clifford and showed again why he deserves some national recognition. Landon Tangwall looked good. Juice Scruggs at center looked amazing. But I was really impressed with the edge protection. I've harped on the tight ends for not having good blocking schemes. I've harped on the tackle, Caden Wallace particularly, for not being sound. 
And, and Wallace and Brenton Strange and Tyler Warren were just handling everything that Auburn tried to throw at them. The offensive line was really, I honestly had the best performance if we can nominate them as a player of the game. Brenton Strange, six receptions, 80 yards, has become a reliable target for Sean Clifford. When he was kind of getting lost in the shuffle, everyone was talking about Tyler Warren and Theo Johnson and Brenton Strange is like, I'm still here. I'm still tight end number one. And he plays just like it. On defense, mentioned Jair Brown already because of the two turnovers, but Adisa Isaac was in the backfield almost every play. Had to miss the season last year. Comes back after a surgery. And like P.J. Mustafer, doesn't look like he's missed a step. Adisa Isaac had a really good game against Auburn. Tackle for loss, a sack. Very good game. And Abdul Carter, what can you say about him? These guys that they give the 11 jersey to. LeVar Arrington, Navarro Bowman, Micah Parsons, and now Abdul Carter as a true freshman. He flies. He recognizes the game. It is so slow for him. And he just blazes out there. He was able, I, I'm just utterly impressed with the fact, it looks very reminiscent of Micah Parsons. I, I'm not old enough to remember watching LeVar Arrington, so I can't compare the two. But seeing Micah Parsons play as a freshman, as a sophomore, Abdul Carter is almost a spitting image of that. It was when he lined up over the center and he blitzed right, or he, he, he was back off in coverage, faking the coverage. And it was when Auburn was in the Penn State red zone. Abdul Carter times the snap perfectly, flies right past the center and the guard before anybody can get him up the middle. Robbie Ashford, the speedy quarterback, tries to roll out and he gets him. I'm like, oh, Ashford's just going to roll out because he's lightning quick. And Abdul Carter's so fast that he's able to track him down. Carter had a great game. Today's Locked On Nittany Lions podcast is sponsored by BetOnline.net, your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. I, I know it's a moot point since Penn State won 41 to 12, but Penn State was only a two and a half point favorite when that game, when the line closed and the game began. They won by more than three. 29 was the total. In the deficit, Auburn didn't have a chance. And I'll go back to my prediction. I said 20-17. to 17. This is going to be a perfect segue into my thoughts on Auburn and then more so into my thoughts on Penn State. I was giving Brian Harson and that coaching staff way too much credit. I thought that they were going to be a little smarter with the game plan run the ball, you have that offensive line, even though the offensive line isn't as good as advertised that everyone made it out to be this time around, the Tigers should have run the ball because Tank Bigsby is still a quality back and Jarquez Hunter is a good change of pace guy, just a good rotational running back. Those two together are a dynamic duo in itself. 
Harson didn't use them. He thought that he could throw the ball with TJ Finley. He thought that I he brought in Robbie Ashford for almost the entire second half and thought that would work. It felt like Harson had no plan. There was nothing exotic on defense, and they did that the year before, too. They ran base schemes the entire game against Penn State last year in Beaver Stadium. And look how it worked out. They did the exact same thing this time around. And look what happened. It was worse. This is a poorly coached team. And I can honestly say, I look, this is the Penn State show on the Locked On Podcast Network. But I feel bad for Locked On Auburn. Brian Harson needs to be fired. He needs the Scott Frost treatment ASAP. This is a guy that just, he doesn't, it feels like he's lost when it comes to scheming. The staff's not behind him. The players aren't behind him. There were so many people that jumped into the transfer portal. James Franklin and this coaching staff ran circles around Brian Harson. They should have run the ball so much more, played, played ball control, just kept it away from the Penn State offense because look what it turned into. 41 points. Why would you want to give the football to that offense? That is now another week, 35, 46, and 41, respectively. Against a, an okay Purdue team, and the Ohio team, MAC conference, I get it. I, we don't need to brag about that. That's fine. But Auburn, an SEC team, they're tough. You don't want to play anybody in the SEC, I was told all week. Apparently you do. Leads to a nice win. The fan base is overly confident. I picked up a lot of heat from some of my predictions or some of my takes on what I thought of the Auburn team. And that's because I was giving Brian Harson too much credit. He is the problem. They talked trash all week, and then they were completely surprised that they lost to Sean Clifford. They made a big deal that out of all the games that have been played over the past years, and this is what happens, we lose a big game to Sean Clifford. Yeah, okay, cope and seethe, really. Sean Clifford came into your house and took it over, and it's not a good look. Uh, TJ Finley's not the guy at quarterback. He's just not. He's He tries to do what he can, uh, but he makes some bad mistakes. It looked like he was a little banged up in the game as well, but he doesn't really offer any extra element. I think you should go full force with Robbie Ashford as the starting quarterback and, and just let him learn because he's basically a second running back. But if you can develop some sort of read option because of how athletic Ashford is, he goes from 0 to 100 and I think points at 0.5 seconds. But the only reason he can be back there is because he's a capable runner. He's got an okay throw. He's not the best passer, but he the game the game is just as fast as he is when he's reading it. It's it's too much for him. But play him and, and hopefully he'll learn. And, and Auburn, I think, is the only team with multiple an all all depth chart full of transfer quarterbacks. T.J. Finley from LSU. Robbie Ashford from Oregon, Zach Calzada from Texas A&M. That was the quarterback that beat Alabama last year with Jimbo Fisher. Auburn fans love my hot take. Maybe Penn State fans will as well. Auburn might finish with a worse record than Vanderbilt. Yeah, the Commodores. Go Vandy. I really do think the Tigers could finish 3-9, and nine, honestly, even 2-10. and 10. 
They have a couple games that are winnable. Western Kentucky late in the year. That's before Alabama. And they got Missouri this upcoming Saturday. It's the SEC. Anything can happen, but they got to play Georgia. They got to play Alabama. They got to play Arkansas. They got a really tough schedule. They very well might not win another game this season. Back to Penn State. Offensive line and the tight ends just feasted in run blocking. I said it already. I'll say it again. My criticisms were, hey, there needs to be improvement on the offensive line and and just overall blocking. The tight ends are factored into that. The pass blocking has been good, but you haven't faced a good defensive line. You haven't faced a, a real, real pressure on the quarterback. Derek Hall has a future in the NFL. He's the Auburn edge rusher, and they kept him in check. Sean Clifford was under duress very little in this game. And it showed the offensive line came to play and they did both in the passing and run blocking. Tight ends helped out as well. Warren and Strange looked great. Just opening up lanes, they allowed for those cutbacks for Singleton, for Allen, uh, even Devin Ford getting in the game late. They allowed opportunities and lanes for them. And it was nice to see a little balance on this team. At last year, they were throwing bubble screens as their running plays. And it was just so weird. And it is nice to get back to some normalcy with the Penn State game plan. You saw Manny Diaz's real deep, the first time, saw his real defense on Saturday. That is the defense that you are going to see now. It's on tape. So they're going to dial it back a little bit against Central Michigan. They're going to dial it back against Northwest. Hey, speaking of Northwestern, on October 1st, that's the first home Big Ten football game when Penn State returns to Big Ten action. Northwestern just lost to a winless Southern Illinois FCS team in Evanston. You paid an FCS school to come in and say, hey, we need a we need a tune-up game before we get back to Big Ten football after we beat Nebraska and Ireland. And you lost to Southern Illinois 31 to 24. Penn State's got a nice, nice schedule here, for at least for the next couple of weeks. They got Central Michigan, they have Northwestern, who's basically a Mac team, and then a bye week before they go on the road to Michigan. But you saw Manny Diaz's real defense. He saved all those game plans. He dialed it back for Purdue and for Ohio just so they could put those wrinkles in against Auburn and Auburn had no answer for it. They were overwhelmed. It showed four takeaways, two interceptions, two fumbles, six sacks, and 11 total tackles for loss. I already mentioned that Singleton and Allen need to be talked about more as one of the best running back duos in the country. I don't care that they're freshmen. They deserve it. They deserve that recognition. Back to Diaz, and let's throw Mike Yursich into this conversation. You couldn't ask for better play calling from Mike Yursich and Manny Diaz. There were times over the past maybe five or six years where you said, you know, that's some questionable play calling, some questionable decision making. And through the first three weeks, I have all the confidence in the world in James Franklin from his decision making and game planning. And then Mike Yursich and Manny Diaz executing those game plans as the offensive and defensive coordinators. Those guys, Manny Diaz is, for one, a former head coach in Miami of Florida. I think Mike Yersich, uh, I don't want to see him go because I really liked the way that he's run this offense and the way that he's changed it, adding under center, getting creative in the backfield. It's just allowed for so much more balance, change to the zone read blocking scheme. 
once this team finally learned all of the ins and outs of this Mike Yersich offense, when you perfect it, look how difficult it is to stop. Purdue didn't have an answer. Ohio didn't have an answer. Now Auburn didn't have an answer. And it's going to look good against Central Michigan and Northwestern. The first test, the first, the game, the game is at Michigan. But you couldn't ask for a better coaching staff right now. They gel so perfectly. You essentially have three head coaches. You have James Franklin as the overall head coach, Mike Yursich as the offensive head coach, and then Manny Diaz as the defensive head coach. It's a great situation. I hope they stick around for a long time, but I, I imagine that they have true head coaching uh, aspirations still. Mike Yersich is in his 40s. I think Manny Diaz is in his upper 40s, maybe into his 50s, uh, but they both want to be head coaches again. It was good to come out of that game with little to no serious injuries. Uh, we're going to keep an eye on the status of Kevon Lee, the running back, the veteran in the room. And you do have Devin Ford as well, but the veteran starter because Lee got the first carries of the season against Purdue. But now Singleton and Allen have, they've essentially jumped him in the depth chart. And I hate to say it because Kevon Lee was so good in 2020. Uh, he was okay. The running game just as a whole was bad last year, but it wasn't pinpointed on Kevon Lee. Left the game early with an ankle, maybe a knee injury, maybe a foot injury. I'm not sure. Keep an eye on that because then the backfield does shrink a little bit and then it becomes Allen Singleton and Ford. And those three are all capable. However, you just want more depth at that position. The way the running back running backs just, they're almost hit on every single play. So you want Kevon Lee to be healthy uh, and to continue to be able to just run downhill and be the running back that he is. Don't know the severity of it, but you're just something you're going to have to keep an eye on. It was also nice to see Theo Johnson back on the field at the tight end position. He came in late in the game. I, I imagine that that's for adjustments. Tyler Warren and Brenton Strange have been doing fine. You don't need to thrust Theo Johnson back into everything. And my final thought on Penn State after Auburn, the young kids continue to step up. It is the youth movement. Zachy Wheatley, Abdul Carter, Deny Dennis Sutton, Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, Drew Aller got in the game again. That's how far Penn State was up, 41-12, to and Keisha missed it against Auburn. But the youth movement is on, and these, what is so impressive to me about all these guys is they're not just equally athletic. They are so intelligent for true freshmen. They have no concerns about burning any of their red shirts. They want to get them the full game experience, and they have stepped up majorly. When those guys are all sophomores and then eventually juniors, you really have to think about, I, I'm going to say this, you really do have to think about national championship consideration because this group of freshmen right now, they can only get better. And the things that they're doing already, what they can do, what they're capable of in the next year or two uh, will be something to be seen. My name is Zach Seiko. I'm your host of Locked on Nittany Lions. We have more next. Thanks for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host of Locked on Nittany Lions, Zach Seiko. And we'll wrap up this edition. Plenty to come this entire week. We'll look across the Big Ten. We're going to eventually preview Central Michigan uh, and just get and get the reaction from James Franklin's weekly press conference and all the news that you need for the Nittany Lions. But what does this win mean for Penn State? 
Penn State football is fun again. Last year, it was a drag. It, it was tough seeing some of those games, even when they were winning. They started off 5-0, and then they went into Iowa, but there was still that, you know, something's missing. This team is just fun to watch. They're exciting. They're dancing in the locker room. They're having fun again, too. It's that post-COVID. James Franklin and company, they are people, people, okay? They want to go out and recruit. They want to build honest connections. They have more, they are, offer more than just we want to make you football players and send you off to the NFL. It's about developing young men. It's about getting them right in the classroom, setting them up with opportunities when football isn't there anymore because it's not going to be there forever for some of these players. Kudos to them if they make it to the NFL, and I hope they all do and have great careers. But Penn State football is more than just winning a game against Auburn on the road. And it's fun to see the Nittany Lions win the way they did. You're getting back to when they were those Big Ten championship contenders. The offense was firing on all cylinders. The defense was quality under Brent Pry. Joe Moorhead is the OC. And you're just kind of getting back to that, that 2016-17 point where you really were confident in this team week in, week out. By Penn State absolutely dominating Auburn, you put some respect, more respect on the Big Ten Conference because the conversation, oh, it's the SEC and it's just everybody else. Maybe the Big Ten is second. I think they're right there. Yeah, Alabama and Georgia are the best teams in the country. Ohio State's right behind them. But the conference, I think, is pretty equivalent to the Big Ten as a whole. Penn State can handle Kentucky, They can handle Mississippi State, LSU. I could name all the rest of them. They have some good and some bad. SEC is good football, but I think it's it's really, you're tied at number one right now with the Big Ten and the SEC. That might change in a few years with the conference realignment, USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten, and Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. But these two conferences are right next to each other. And back to Penn State being fun again, Penn State football. James Franklin's back in his groove. COVID was rough on this team. They didn't see their family members for a long time. There wasn't really anything to play for. They started off the season with a bad loss at Indiana in the fact that that call was wrong on the two-point conversion. Penn State should have won that game. That is all behind them, and James Franklin's brought that up, how important it is to, to get past that and just to get back to normal and go about the routine. He loves his job. He loves coaching these kids, and he likes being able to be personal with them and personal with the fans. He couldn't do that when the COVID-19 restrictions were all in. So Penn State has a lot to look forward to. Central Michigan is this upcoming Saturday. Again, Penn State beating Auburn 41-12. That made the show so much easy to go through. Great content to work with anytime the Nittany Lions win by 29. Central Michigan is this Saturday, Northwestern the following week, and then the big game, Michigan. We will talk about it extensively. And before I close this episode, know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen Locked On Big Ten, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Zach Seiko, your new host of Locked On Nittany Lines. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and I'll talk to you tomorrow about Penn State football.